Welcome to the Global Futures Podcast with me, Joel Sandu. What are the most pressing global challenges in the coming decade that we need to think about in order to avoid surprises, mitigate risks, and make use of opportunities? In search of the answers, 27 young professionals from nine different countries will meet over the course of 2018 and 2019 in four dialogue sessions. They will form part of the Global Governance Futures Multilateral Dialogues, or GGF program, supported by the Robert Bosch Foundation, which brings them together to look ahead 10 years and think of ways to better address global challenges. To do so, the fellows won't be gazing into a crystal ball or consulting an oracle. They will use a variety of strategic foresight instruments, including scenario planning and risk assessment. Which is why in this episode, I speak with Johannes Gabriel to discuss the best ways of thinking and planning about the future. Our guest today is an expert in the field of strategic foresight. A non-resident fellow with the Global Public Policy Institute, Johannes Gabriel has been leading the scenario planning method of the Global Governance Futures Program since the program was launched in 2010. Johannes is the founder and director of Foresight Intelligence, a systemic consultancy based in Berlin, where he conducts interdepartmental strategic planning processes for multiple stakeholders. He also teaches scenario planning at Johns Hopkins University's School of Advanced International Studies. Here is my conversation with him. All right, Johannes, welcome and thank you for joining us on Global Futures today. I'm happy to be here. Hi, Joel. So let's jump right into it. For our listeners who are not familiar with scenario or scenario planning, could you tell us what is a scenario? What is scenario planning? Mm -hmm. um, actually, you have to go back a little bit and ask yourself first and foremost, what is like foresight? Because scenarios and also scenario planning are tools for foresight. And foresight, from my perspective, is really, first of all, nothing more than an, a very systematic and a methodological approach to think about uncertain long-term futures so and scenarios are a tool you use to um, to approach this thinking process in a very structured manner and in that sense scenarios are created in a group process and scenarios are really comprehensive and colorful uh, I would say descriptions about possible future states alternative possible future states like let's say for example in the year 2030 but as well they are illustrations of plausible possible histories or trajectories that lead up to that specifically defined situations. So this isn't something everyone is familiar with. How did you get involved in scenario planning? By accident, I have to admit. So at university, I had a very good professor uh, who taught international relations and he offered project course uh, that was rather at the uh, end of my university time. And he thought about using scenario construction as a teaching tool. And uh, that was one of the best experiences at university at all because it required us, a group of 15 people, to not only like use and apply certain IR theories and to explain certain phenomena, but to let everything go at the same time and really wrap our minds about like very complex or complicated questions about how back in the days it was China's foreign policy in the future, how China's foreign policy could develop in the next 10 years, which was an, really an amazing exercise and the learning curve for all of our like classmates was so steep. Um, yeah, I, I totally, uh, I don't want to say I've fallen off or I've fallen in love with this kind of approach, but I liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, 
one led to the other. So I started uh, a PhD position at Daimler's internal uh, future watch or strategic foresight division, where I did a lot on uh, strategic foresight and scenario planning activities. And then I turned my PhD into my own business. And you mentioned that foresight and scenario planning, well, scenario planning is a tool within uh, foresight. And this is always about, you know, thinking about the future. And we know, and I've heard you say this uh, in past workshops, is that the future is bound to surprise us anyways. So how is scenario planning then different from just guessing the future, especially if the future is bound to surprise us? And what what is, what is a good predictor and forecaster? And I'm throwing up these big terms that not everyone knows so perhaps you can also shed light on that yeah two very big questions actually so let me start with the first one how is scenario planning uh, different from guessing I, i would say everything is different from uh, guessing when it comes to scenario planning i mean first of all the outcome so for example when we both uh, when we both guess the future uh, i'm pretty sure we do that uh, by just like making some statements or like clear-cut assumptions about what will be in the future. A scenario is something very different. So a scenario is a very comprehensive and really colorful illustration of how the future could look like from many different perspectives. So it's actually really, instead of a statement that has like maybe two or three aspects covered, it's really about a comprehensive idea of how it could look like when you take a look around in the year 2030. So that's, for example, the reason why um, like people who are active in that field like to flesh out scenarios and publish scenarios in form of, uh, let's say, ficti uh, fictive uh, newspaper articles. So it's not only about like one or two statements about the future, it's really about what could a newspaper in the future look like. So the outcome is different, I would say. Second, and that is actually way more important, uh, the process is very different. So when I guess the future, I just draw something from the top of my head, which is probably like very biased because uh, I just thought about it and then I, I tell you about it. That would be like guessing the future. But creating scenarios is a very, very structured, it's a very methodological, a very analytical and a very structured process. Uh, it's actually a group process, so you cannot really do it on your own. You have to engage uh, with a very diverse group of people uh, in order to construct scenarios. So you see that the approach is just uh, very different. I would also say the uh, the purpose is very different because uh, the purpose of scenario planning is actually not gaining or creating knowledge about the future. It's rather for you to understand complicated systems a bit better and to anticipate potential dynamics and developments without predicting anything. So you just want to get an idea of how uncertain the future really is instead of like guessing what will be. I think uh, that's different too. Uh, to your point of like, uh, I mean, the, the future will surprise you anyway. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, but making this experience in, uh, in a scenario process, when you construct scenarios, uh, you know, then the stakes are quite low. So you get surprised by your own thoughts. You get surprised by a scenario. But when you get surprised by future developments, uh, that's different. So then something is really at stake. And getting this idea and really sharpen your understanding that you will get surprised eventually and that you can actually maybe anticipate some of the surprises but not all of them gives you a totally different like idea of how to prepare for the future so you're maybe less let's say prone to like uh, develop uh, concrete strategies to handle one or two futures as you imagine them but more how you can handle like uncertainty and how can you stay flexible 
You mentioned trying to get a comprehensive picture about what the future may hold, and this is one reason why people get involved in scenario planning. And the word comprehensive makes me think you need, you know, a big picture, you need multiple disciplinary backgrounds in the room. Is that true? Or are narrow, like kind of experts who are fixed in a certain topic, the best kind of predictors and forecasters of the future because they have such a deep knowledge of their topic. And I'm asking this because we've oftentimes seen experts predict the future and the future was not exactly what they predicted or, you know, exit polls from elections around the world in the past years. We've seen, you know, just how wrong they can go and how perhaps negatively they can surprise us. So are experts the, the best folks to get together to kind of give us they're thinking about the future? I think you, you, you mentioned it um, while formulating the question. So there's a difference between thinking about the future and making predictions. And making predictions is, I mean, when we talk about the long term, I mean, we have to always make this very explicit. When we talk about the future, we mean something like five, 10, maybe even 15 years. So, and I mean, everyone would actually agree that no expert and even all experts would agree can really foresee the future. When experts make predictions about the future, what they implicitly at least say is, I am like 80% sure that this and that is going to happen. But I mean, they usually do not make it explicit what this what this 80% probability, what that means, uh, either probability or like your, um, I don't know, your confidence in your own judgment. What it means is currently under all the circumstances I can gather right now. Under the current structures, I am pretty sure we are heading into that direction. But heading into a certain direction has nothing to do with ending up there. So every expert would agree that they for sure do not know the future. But what we understand when experts talk to us saying like the future will be like this and that 90% probability, what we understand is ah, it will be like this. Although it just means we might be currently on the course towards this direction, but the course can change, structures can change. I mean, to give you a very, um, unfortunately, a very tragic example, uh, I'm pretty sure there were like expert estimates about certain terrorist attacks on the uh, US homeland um, right before 9-11 happened. And I'm pretty sure within one day, this probabilities and this projections or um, predictions changed quite dramatically due to a change in structures. Leads us very nicely into my next question, which is what types of organizations, institutions, individuals engage with scenario planning and what for? Okay, before I answer that, um, I didn't answer your actual question. <laughs> so uh, let, let me, um, either you uh, bring it back in later, I'll what bring is it a back good in. forecaster or uh, someone who can think about the future. So you bring it back later. And what was your question again? The current one? <laughs> the current one was what types of organizations, institutions and individuals engage with scenario planning and what for? Yeah, I think uh, hey, that's an excellent question because uh, I usually I take this for granted. Uh, scenario planning and the foresight and strategic foresight, like all this kind of approaches and tools are actually used almost exclusively in an organizational context. So although, uh, you know, you and me, we, all, we, we think about scenarios and the future like all the time, because I mean, every decision we are going to make is actually for the future. But when we talk about a very systematic and analytical approach to really think through scenarios, to construct scenarios, to make better decisions for the future, then this is usually an uh, organizational endeavor. 
there's so many different organizations uh, that engage in this kind of foresight and strategic foresight activities. I mean, most probably the oldest one are like uh, military organizations. Yeah, to, to plan ahead, to anticipate surprises means saving life, basically. So thinking in scenarios, maybe even doing scenario planning in a military context, very common, very old, actually. Businesses, they want to make sure, especially like nowadays when we live in constant change and there was new technologies, fast changing markets, uh, you know, the, the entire world is somehow in flux. Uh, they want to make sure that they will have a business model they can run and profit from also in the future. So they want to secure uh, success in the future. And then they are, of course, like all kind of nonprofits as well. Um, I mean, international uh, non-governmental organizations, uh, they have their strategic goals. Uh, they want to think about uh, every kind of political administration entity, like, for example, foreign offices. They have their strategic agendas and goals. And then they want to also make sure that they put them into practice in a right way, in a very efficient and impactful way. Every organization can get surprised by changing structures or changing environments. So it's useful actually for every organization. So you mentioned we engage in foresight uh, or scenario planning almost on a daily basis. Whenever we think about the future and your everyday person has to plan things for the future. What do they want to do next week? Where are they going to go on holidays? What are their to-dos, You know, milestones for work, etc. But what are the limitations in your mind, of scenario planning and how can we be sure that we've developed the right scenarios, especially if we are planning about our future or a collective future of a country, of an institution, of a business, etc.? Two very big questions uh, in one question, actually. So what are good scenarios? Uh, I think that's an easier question. So good scenarios are A, very diverse. So what you need is not a scenario that says, for example, A can happen and the scenario B that says a cannot happen, but you need something that is like that illustrates real alternatives. So how things could play out in totally different ways. Uh, because scenarios are an instrument to illustrate and to make the uncertainty of long-term futures really tangible. Uh, second, good scenarios are by definition scenarios that are highly plausible. What plausibility, does that mean? Yeah, yeah, plausibility is a very important term in like uh, foresight, strategic foresight and scenario planning. And plausibility means that an audience says the scenario I just heard from you is not really absurd, but it wasn't so obvious to me uh, in the first place as well. So it's really the balance between uh, not being absurd but also not being like absolutely obvious. This is plausibility. And uh, this actually carries uh, the third point, I would say. Good scenarios are by definition useful scenarios because usually you do not create scenarios just for the sake of scenario construction. So might be interesting, also good intellectual exercise. But when you talk about organizations, usually it's a means to an end. So you do foresight to do actually strategic foresight, so to make better decisions for the future. And... Therefore, scenarios must be useful in this organizational decision framework. So they need to be useful to make better decisions. That usually starts by posing the right questions. So you cannot just develop any kind of scenarios and then see how they help a certain organization to develop better strategies. But uh, you, you really need to figure out what are the useful scenarios. And the useful scenarios are usually the ones that feel or that make people feel uncomfortable. Because, you know, there are like potential new risks discovered and threats. Could also be like a scenario that sounds too good to be true. 
because the scenario may discover like certain opportunities and uh, illustrate some potential pathways or trajectories how to take these opportunities and how to use these opportunities. So I would say uh, let's leave it with uh, the three um, parts. What makes a good scenario? Really diversity, plausibility and usefulness. So I'll come back to the other big question in this bundled question that I gave you, which was what are the limitations of scenario planning? And here I'm thinking this sounds all really good and positive and we should all be engaging in this. But I can also think of situations where individuals or organizations may have a vested interest in a certain future yeah. and they had invested in this and they don't want to change the course. So no matter how diverse or colorful or multidisciplinary approach you use for your uh, scenario planning about the future, they just don't want to do this because they don't want to veer off course. What's your thinking on that? Yeah, I'm so unprepared here. I need pen and paper. There are so many things that come to my mind. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. There are so many things that come to my mind here. So A, obviously, you're absolutely right. So they are always vested interests and uh, not every interest of like individuals in an organization is concerning the organization. It's concerning like their own position within the organization, uh, their future career in the organization and so on and so on. Um, so that first. Second, limitations. Uh, I mean, first of all, I would say one limitation is like uh, managing uh, expectations. So whenever you engage in a strategic foresight process, the outcome is not a decision that then just needs to be implemented. It's actually, it's not about planning, making a decision and then implementing. A strategic foresight using scenarios is rather a process, an ongoing process. It's planned learning. So you do not like just make one decision and then carry out a certain plan, but it's really while carrying out the plan, adjusting to new circumstances that you may have anticipated and making sure that you get surprised a bit less and that you can cope with many different like moving parts and changing circumstances. So I, I think that's really, uh, that's really a key point. Um, there's a researcher called uh, Kees van der Heiden. He wrote a lot of uh, like things about scenario planning and he called it strategic conversation. So I think really understanding that scenario planning is not a project with a concrete beginning and one end that is a decision but really understand scenario planning as a conversation an ongoing conversation uh, in an organization it's very important but this is exactly the limitation as well because organizations are usually not built for this so organizations are usually silos and it's pretty pretty hard for, for this kind of organizations to really to you know switch on a new kind of uh, structure a new kind of communication structure because it's so much about communication. Uh, last thing maybe on uh, what are the limitations of scenario planning? Um, no, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to remember it for you and right. come back to it. So you said siloed, you mentioned siloed thinking and here um, the phrase thinking outside the box comes to mind. Uh, and we hear this quite often to have creative thinking, something you haven't thought about before, but We've seen this uh, in, in our work together. Uh, it's not always easy for everyone to think outside the box. So my question is, how important is it for an experiment such as, you know, engaging and thinking about the future uh, to think outside the box? And can we still arrive at interest uh, with interesting insights with a more, let's say, traditional way of thinking, which is more linear? I mean, we cannot do uh, anything about like our way of thinking. So we think from A to B and we think in a linear way. So there is no... There's no way around that. How to integrate creativity in this scenario planning process? No, let's let's go back to this out-of-the-box thinking. That's kind of a big buzzword. And everyone is super happy uh, when people think outside the box. 
I think that's really a double-edged sword because the moment you're like out of the box and everyone else is still in the box, you have my, you may have a problem actually. Um, because I mean, just imagine you are in the strategic foresight division of a certain organization and you and your team, uh, you think far outside the box, creating wild scenarios about how great it could play out for your organization. And then you present to the board of directors and everyone is like, what are they talking about? This doesn't make any sense. So then this moment you are like way too far outside of the box. So it's very, very important to always keep in mind that you need to like also relate to the people who are like from your own perspective still in the box. So that's the reason also why I'm always kind of critical when people uh, refer to a scenario planning process or to a scenario construction process as a creativity process. It's not. Uh, from my perspective, it's a highly analytical process because in the end, what you need is always good arguments, very, very good arguments and sharp reasoning to explain to others why your scenario is a plausible scenario, why it makes sense. The moment you cannot do that anymore, it might be very creative, but it's useless. So there's this, there's a, this kind of creativity you need uh, and you, by, for example, compiling the right team and uh, engaging the team in a certain way of thinking and in a certain structure that helps to boost this creative part but first and foremost it's not about creativity it's not about thinking outside of the box i'm convinced it's really thinking as far outside as possible without losing inside the box so you've been engaged with the ggf program since the very beginning uh, i think the first round was ggf 2020 are there any consistencies in terms of how the fellows understand or struggle to understand scenario planning from your years of experience yeah, absolutely. It's quite simply summarized in uh, everyone has problems with it when they do it the first time. <laughs> and it is actually, it's uh, it's not surprising. I mean, uh, when you start at university, uh, you are not a top-notch researcher. Uh, when you want to be a doctor, you are, you, you know, you're not allowed to make surgery in the beginning. That's uh, healthier for the patient. So uh, scenario planning, I mean, as a, as a foresight or a strategic foresight tool is really a certain approach to think about the future in a way that we are actually not used to. You know, I mean, going back to my initial statement that foresight is really a systematic and reflected and methodological driven thinking about uncertain futures. This is now this is not the way how we feel about we should think about the future. And this is also not the way we usually think about the future. So what I'm saying is it needs training. So the more often you engage in this kind of conversations and structured group processes, the more you think about future in a foresight sense, the easier it gets. Um, so. Everyone doing it for the first time will encounter some problems with that because you're just not used to it. And that's totally fine, actually. So in little less than two weeks, our next cohort of GGF fellows, GGF 2030 fellows, will come together in Washington, D.C. for the first time. Fellows from nine different countries with even more diverse professional backgrounds. What advice would you have for them before they engage with the method in, I think, roughly 12 days time? I mean, there's nothing they uh, they can or should really do. They should be like there and be like 
fully aware of the situation and they should engage. Do not hold back. Engage with your fellows. Uh, uh, with your fellows. And uh, oh yeah, maybe there's one kind of preparation I would totally advise: leave your smartphones and your computers at home. <laughs> no, I'm serious about that because uh, I mean this is a scenario planning is like a very very uh, demanding group process. Y you have a lot of discussions with uh, all the people who are part of it, and the only thing that can immediately destroy like any kind of creative thinking thinking uh, outside the box disruptive thinking is when you look at your phone <laughs> we can use that advice in many many offices around the world i would say people please make sure or not make sure but be curious be open-minded be aware of your biases and if you say like ah yes of course i'm exactly like that then i would also advise you google the bias blind spot And find out what that is, because although you think uh, you think you're not biased, uh, but we are all biased, and we need to be aware of that. I would also say uh, take this really seriously, but at the same time not too seriously, because I mean it's it's a bottomless thing to discuss futures and uncertainties. So sometimes it's just uh, like very important to keep everything in balance by just saying like, all right, we're just thinking about the future. Uh, let let's take it a bit. Uh, let, let's take it easy. And uh, last not least, uh, I mean you're really not expected to come and join the team by just um, let me use this metaphor: play your instrument and play it as good as you can according to the notes that you already know. But it's really about coming together and play good jazz. So you need to improvise sometimes um, but you need to be like you need to be there one other thing you mentioned earlier was how important communication is uh, in a group process such as ggf and we use scenario planning and and, and foresight methodology not just to uh, think about the future but we often say it's a it's a very important communication tool we're bringing together people from nine different countries with very different uh, social cultural political backgrounds it's also used as a communication tool can you elaborate on that a little bit Let's say scenarios uh, or the scenario approached is used as a communication platform. It provides a certain set of methodological steps uh, in order to help groups to target uncertain futures and discuss and learn from each other in a given amount of time. Johannes, it's been really a pleasure speaking with you. I want to thank you again uh, for joining us on Global Futures. And I wish you all the best. You'll be leading us with uh, the GGF method for the coming year. And I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. And yes, we wish you all the success. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It will be a lot of fun for us. This edition of Global Futures was presented by me, Joel Sandu, and produced by my colleague, Sonia Sugarbova, from the Global Public Policy Institute. The Global Governance Futures Program brings together exceptional young professionals to look ahead 10 years and think of ways to better address global challenges. For a full list of Global Governance Futures products, including scenario reports, opinion pieces, interviews, and other podcasts, visit ggfutures.net forward slash analysis.